welcome back to another episode of the Passionate Stewardship Podcast, a podcast for helping professionals who strongly believe in supporting their community and the humans who live there. I am your host, Dr. Sherry. It is June, y'all. Can you believe it? Month six of the Passionate Stewardship Podcast. The weather is getting warmer outside. It's time for some outdoor recess. We can be outside in the streets this summer. I am so excited. I hope you are. I hope you have some amazing plans for yourself this summer. My husband and I, we do. We have an amazing trip planned for the West Coast this summer to go visit family and friends. And I am so excited to finally get a real vacation this summer. I mean, you know, COVID is still in these streets, but can kind of move about the cabin a little bit freer than summers past. So I am really excited about that. So it's June. Summer is here. It is getting warm here in Eastern North Carolina. And in the month of June, we celebrate, you know, quite a lot. It's on June 19th. We will celebrate Juneteenth, which is short for June 19th. And it marks the day when federal troops arrived in Galveston, Texas in 1865 to take control of the state and ensure that all enslaved people were free. You know, those troops arrived a whole two and a half years after the signing of the Emancipation Proclamation. Because remember, the Emancipation Proclamation was actually issued in 1863. Yep, kind of shady. June 16th honors the end of slavery in the United States and is considered the longest running African-American holiday. On June 17th, 2021, however, it officially became a federal holiday. In my opinion, it's also shady because look how long it took Congress or whoever the powers that be to actually make that an official federal holiday because technically it should have already been a federal holiday. Look how many holidays we celebrate of other cultures, of other races, of other ethnicities, of other nationalities. And Juneteenth just became a federal holiday. And it amazes me that to this day, there are still a lot of people that have never heard of Juneteenth that don't even know the significance of Juneteenth. So I employ you If you are listening to the sound of my voice, research Juneteenth, celebrate Juneteenth. You want Black and African Americans and people of the Black and African diaspora to celebrate other holidays. And you want us to celebrate non-African American holidays. So celebrate with us. Celebrate a milestone in our history where our people were free. Also, look into your communities. A lot of communities have amazing community events around this time. So I employ you to look at your community centers or community calendars and see if there is something that's going on in your community 
on or around June 19th this year. It's also Pride Month. So I want to shout out all of my friends and families and colleagues who proudly represent the LGBTQIA plus community. I see you. The Passionate Stewardship Podcast sees you. We stand with you and we love you. This month, we are focusing on diversity, equity, and inclusion, or in short term, you will hear DEI. Our aim is to discuss how diversity, equity, and inclusion, how it impacts nonprofit organizations so we can make sure that DEI works, so we can help you in making sure that DEI works and the values are fully integrated within organizations because it's so, so, so important. Diversity, equity, and inclusion, DEI, are three ideas that work together to create a more inclusive and fair society or, in our conversation this month, nonprofit organization that provides services to people from all walks of life presenting with an array of psychosocial needs that need to be addressed and, not or, but and just do people work from the top down. So DEI or diversity, equity, inclusion, it's not just about client-centered work. It's about your board level work. It's about your hiring practices. It's about how you show up for your human service professionals and your social workers. It's about how you as a nonprofit organization, how you are showing up in this space internally and externally, how you are outfacing to your community, but also internally how you are showing up for your staff, how you are showing up for your clients. Diversity acknowledges and values human differences, such as their race, their ethnicity, their gender, age, sexual orientation, religion, and ability. It appreciates and respects each person's unique thought process and experience within a group or an organization. Equity is fairness, and it's justice in the distribution of resources and opportunities. Equity seeks to identify and address systemic barriers and to provide individuals with what they need to succeed. Inclusion creates an environment where everyone feels valued and respected and supported. It's about removing barriers to participation and creating a sense of belonging. Inclusion actively seeks out and includes diverse perspectives, backgrounds, and experiences in decision-making processes and organizational cultures. This is why these three things, diversity, equity, and inclusion, you can't separate them. They have to be worked on together. A lot of times, 
For example, in the human services field and social work field, when we work with our clients and someone is dual diagnosed, meaning they have a mental health diagnosis and there might be some substance abuse present, we say that you need to work on both at the same time. You can't ignore one and just focus on the other. You have to work on both at the same time. The same thing with diversity, equity, and inclusion. They all go together. You cannot work on diversity and ignore equity and ignore inclusion or work on equity and and ignore everything else. You have to ensure that these three things, they go together. You know, if you look around your organization, do you see people that represent the demographic of your client population? You might need to maybe do a community needs assessment or even a SWOT analysis. Are people of the Black or African diaspora or Black and African-American clients, do they feel comfortable coming into your agency? Do people of the Hispanic culture feel comfortable coming into your agency? Do any other cultures feel comfortable coming into your agency? Do you accommodate health conditions amongst your staff? Do you give everyone a chance to speak during meetings or Are the directors the only ones speaking in management meetings? Do you celebrate the multicultural holidays that exist within the organizations? So if you are an organization that has staff that represent different cultures, do you acknowledge all of those cultures and do you represent and celebrate all of those cultures? Are you only celebrating Christmas, which is a Christian holiday? Or are you celebrating Hanukkah? Are you celebrating Kwanzaa? And are you even open to learning other holidays? If you struggled to answer any of those questions, you might want to do a DEI temperature check. And look, there is no judgment here. We are not perfect organizations. Even the organization where I provide leadership We are not a perfect organization. We do temperature checks on a daily basis because we all come from very different walks of life. We are an organization that sits in a very rural area. So we are consistently doing temperature checks to ensure that we are showing up how we should and we need to show up for the community. You know, the DEI framework promotes social justice, It reduces discrimination and bias and creates a more inclusive and equitable society and organization. If you are a nonprofit and you are not sure if you are practicing effective diversity, equity, inclusion practices, then you need to do a temperature check. And it's okay, especially because a lot of times if you inherited a nonprofit, And the nonprofit might be functioning under old standards. So you might want to do a DEI temperature check. So you might want to grab your notebook real quick because I'm going to offer some suggestions that could assist you with how you can implement the DEI framework into your organization. Because the thing is, is that if you are not functioning in a space where diversity, equity, and inclusion is at the forefront of everything you do, just like radical self-care, your folks will burn out, your funding could be in jeopardy, morale will be low, it will be a snowball effect. So grab your notebook, 
If you're driving or if you're getting ready for work, you could always come back and listen to this episode later. But these are just suggestions. But there are effective suggestions because they are suggestions that I offer to my clients and they are things that I had to personally do in the organization where I am. Everybody has different ways in which they do things and that's okay. But what we all have to do is ensure that we are functioning in a diverse, equitable, and inclusive manner. It is extremely important when you are doing people work. So number one, organizations, if you, you can conduct a DEI audit to improve your diversity, equity, and inclusion practices. This will help you identify the areas of improvement by examining leadership, staff composition, policies and procedures, staff practices, and the organizational culture. It might sound like a lot, but you have to look at your organization in its totality when you are doing a DEI audit because everything about your organization will be impacted when you begin to do this work. So you can't just look at leadership. You have to look at everything. And as an executive director, you have to look at self. You also have to look at your board of directors. This is a top-down approach, okay? Number two, after conducting an audit, it's important for the organization to establish specific measurable, achievable, relevant, time-bound goals for enhancing or even starting the DEI work within the organization. You can't just do the audit and then do nothing with it because I promise you, I promise you, something will come out of it. You are, no organization is perfect. Some organizations might have more work than others, but I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, something will come out of it. Number three, Prioritize creating an environment that values and respects differences to create a diverse and inclusive culture. This can be accomplished by promoting open communication, offering diversity training and education, and encouraging various perspectives and voices. If you are not hearing from your folks, then you are not making them feel valued. If the only voice you hear from is yours or that of maybe upper management and you are not hearing from the people who are on the front lines doing the work every single day, you are not making them feel valued and making them feel like they matter. Number four, it is important. This is so important to actively recruit and retain a diverse workforce to promote diversity, equity, and and inclusion within organizations. And I know sometimes this can be hard because you can be very intentional about putting a job description out there. And then when the candidate pool starts to roll in, as much as your intention is to ensure that you hire this diverse 
staff composition, it might not always look like that. However, you need to be more intentional about it. If you need to hire a consultant or if you need to work through a hiring coach to help you through this, I employ you to do that. Because what you don't want to do is that you don't want to have everybody in the organization that looks the same. And you want to have individuals with diverse backgrounds. When I provide leadership, all of our services are in English and in Spanish. Our clientele, we see a lot of individuals who are from Spanish-speaking countries. Therefore, this is what our client composition looks like. It's important. There are cultural differences that are there, and I do not understand the nuances. I am learning the cultural differences because it's important that I learn the cultural differences as an executive director. But who understands those cultural differences the best? Someone who is from that culture. So it's important that you have individuals on your team who understand someone who is from Mexico, someone who is from Honduras, someone who is from El Salvador. It's so important to have individuals. If you are an organization who has a lot of individuals who are from Haiti, it is important that you have individuals on your staff who are Haitian, who can understand the culture, the nuances with the culture. It is so important that you understand these things and that your staff composition looks like this. Again, recruitment networks can help with diverse workforce, collaborating with diverse organizations, ensuring that you are reviewing job descriptions and qualifications. All of this ensures that you are being inclusive with your hiring practices. Number five, promote diversity, equity, and inclusion within nonprofit organization. And this should be in your values and in your policies and practices. So it's not just in your actions, but it needs to be in writing also. What does your non-discrimination policy look like? What does your vacation policy look like? What does your paternal and maternal leave policy look like? A lot of places only have maternal leave policies, but what does your paternal leave policy look like? You know, this can also be achieved by reviewing and updating the policies and procedures to ensure that it's they're inclusive and it's equitable across the board. You know, examples include the hiring practices, like we mentioned before, implementing work arrangements and providing accommodations for people with disabilities. And all of this should be in your employee handbooks. All of this should be in your living documents, in your manuals, because a lot of times when you are writing funding applications and like after you've received your funding, A lot of times funders will ask for certain policies and procedures to be sent to them and they want it to be notarized and they want these to be living documents within the organization. So number six, leadership accountability is crucial, so crucial for establishing and sustaining a diverse, equitable and inclusive organization. To achieve this, leaders should set goals for diversity, equity, and inclusion. 
provide resources and training, prioritize diversity in decision-making, and regularly report the progress to the board of directors and the community. You have to be transparent during this process. It's really important that you are transparent. Number seven, nonprofit organizations should consistently evaluate and enhance their commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion. They can achieve this by collecting input from your employees. Like you not just want to evaluate your employees, but you want your employees to evaluate how things are going on the management side as well. So when you start to do this, you want to ask, how are we doing? We implemented this. How are you feeling about this? And the great thing about it is that you can do the same thing with clients. Client satisfaction surveys. You do the same thing with your staff as well. Being transparent and getting their feedback with staff, it can build staff morale because you are making them a part of the process. You are giving them a voice. It is well known that working in nonprofit, human service, social work organizations, it can be so intricate. It's so many moving parts all at the same time. As all fields, human service work, focusing on self-care, creating a healthy, sustainable work environment is so crucial. And it's even more crucial when you are implementing DEI initiatives. This work can bring up personal and professional challenges, and it will bring up some of the unconscious bias that can lead to some discriminatory practices, which can hinder the effectiveness of DEI initiatives. Yes, DEI work is important, but it's also important to note that when doing this work, it is going to bring up some stuff. So, You want to achieve balance while you are implementing and working on DEI initiatives within your organization. So keep that notebook handy if you've bought it out, because I'm going to give you a couple more tips and suggestions for ensuring that there is some balance there while implementing the DEI initiatives. My favorite and we talked about it a lot last month, is prioritize radical self-care for you and your entire organization because this work is going to be hard. You can encourage employees to focus on their mental, emotional, physical well-being through any wellness programs you might have within the organization, the flexible work schedules, promoting healthy work-life balance, ensuring that they are getting supervision to process any things that might be coming up because stuff will come up. Stuff will come up. I promise you stuff will come up. Number two, encourage a culture of respect. Because stuff will come up, you need to ensure that you are cultivating a workplace atmosphere that prioritizes respect, inclusivity, and empathy. And this can be achieved by implementing, you know, maybe some training, maybe some mentorship initiatives and some employee resource groups. And so this could look like maybe if you are an organization that has different departments, 
And I know sometimes, depending on the size of your organization, you can be kind of siloed. So instead of, you know, everybody being siloed, maybe bring those individuals that maybe aren't in the same building, maybe bring them together and maybe have an outside facilitator, maybe requesting, hey, we are an organization that's doing some DEI work, have a very small budget. Could you donate a couple this many hours a month to facilitating a resource group for a group of 10 staff and maybe one week it's this group of 10 next week it's that group of 10 because folks are going to need an outlet and the more support you give to your teams and to your folks during this work the more receptive they can be because it shows them that you care about one, you care about this work, but you care about them during this process. You know, one way to enhance diversity, equity, inclusion in the workplace is, and we said this a little bit ago, is employee feedback and listening to employee feedback. It's so crucial to encourage your staff to express their opinions and suggestions for improvement and subsequently resolve any issues that may be there. It's also essential to actively listen and acknowledge your folks' input because remember, they're the ones that's going out here working with your clients every single day and sometimes beyond the time that they should be. Also, fostering open communication is vital, especially when discussing sensitive topics like diversity and inclusion. A more inclusive workplace can be established by creating safe environments where everyone feels comfortable sharing their experiences and perspectives. If someone shares and they don't feel safe the first time, that person will probably not want to share again. And that's when you are going to feel some resistance. Other resources and support for employees who may be facing discrimination and harassment or burnout, you know, you could provide mental health resources because this stuff will cause some of this stuff to come up. And it's going to be even more crucial if staff have already felt that at times there have been microaggressions that have happened within the organization or the the unconscious bias has been there or if they have ever felt that they have been discriminated against. Sometimes, not all the times, but sometimes there may already be some stuff there. So it's going to be really important that resources be available to staff during this process. Again, you might want to have mental health resources, clinical supervision. If clinical supervision is provided, you might want to be able to have maybe some extra hours of clinical supervision for staff. Diversity training is going to be a must for this process, preferably diversity training from an out side trainer, not someone who's within the organization. Again, if you have employee assistance programs embedded into benefits packages, this will be a perfect time to encourage staff to utilize their employee benefits packages because this will help them cope, but 
all along the way, you need to be pushing the radical self-care and you need, as an organization, you need to ensure that you are encouraging them to do what they need to do to be taking care of themselves and hold leaders accountable. So if you are an executive director listening to this, you must hold yourself accountable. If you are a board chair listening to this, you must hold yourself accountable and hold your executive director accountable. And furthermore, hold your entire board accountable. Make sure that leaders are fostering a culture of diversity, equity, and inclusion. This can be achieved by conducting performance evaluations, making sure that you're monitoring the diversity metrics, and frequently checking in. And all of this will be as a result of that DEI audit that you do. The DEI audit is the first thing that's going to be done. All of this other stuff is going to be after the DEI audit is done. I think we'll do a part two of this episode because then we'll walk through like what to do after you've done the DEI audit. Because once you've done the DEI audit, there's still stuff that needs to be done. It's almost like you can't open up Pandora's box and just walk up and be like, girl, that box over there is open. No, you can't do that. Once that audit is done, there is stuff that needs to be done. Because again, no organization is a perfect organization. Now, some organizations will have more work to do than others, but no organization is perfect. Organizations can create a more diverse, equitable, and inclusive workplace while also ensuring that the well-being of their employees is in place by prioritizing radical self-care and fostering a culture of respect. It's so important that those things are done all at the same time. You have to be listening to employee feedback. You have to be providing resources and support. And there has to be some accountability on all levels. Okay, well, 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 passionate stewards. That's it for today's episode. Listen, this work is so necessary. It's so necessary for healthy organizations and healthy organizational cultures especially given the magnitude of the work that we do both internally and externally with the community every single day. As always, please contact me if you would like some support with this work. All of my information is in the show notes or you can find me. I hang out on Instagram. That's my jam. So I love you so much for listening. And remember, Radical self-care is healthcare and kindness is free. So be kind to someone today. I love you so much for listening. And until next time, be good to yourself and others. Bye.